I don't know what podcast it is. We'll go with 13. All right, let's go. Two Athletes and a Mic. Welcome to Two Athletes and a Mic with Matt Bacon and Brandon Rinka. Episode, we're going to go with... 13. 13. We have a few on YouTube, right? And they're all scattered there. Um, They're under the the Two Athletes and a Mic. We don't have a great tracking system. No, no, not right now. We're fairly new. Cool. Not an excuse, but we definitely got to figure it out. But now we have a great tracking system in terms of our audio on Spotify and Stitcher and... um, Google playlist or something like that, Apple playlist. Just now the checks, are, checks are coming. Checks, checks are, are coming. coming in the We're mail. moving up. Um, Absolutely. There's some great reviews from people in person telling fam- us about it. My family says they love it. <laughs> they hate it. Absolutely hate it. This one's to Dora. She's a big fan of our podcast. You give her yeah. a shout. I'm a big fan of Dora's. Yeah. Because she's a big fan of ours just in general. No, just in general. Yeah. She's a nice well, lady. Helps that she likes our podcast. Yeah. I'm not going to hate on that. Yeah. If anything, I'm going to like it a little bit more. Yeah. Because you got good taste. <laughs> I can respect that. Well put. Well put. Okay, well, let's well go off the bat. It's Shark Week, so we'd, uh, we would be a myth shark not week. to talk about Shark Week. Yeah. Like how epic this week Love is. Sharks. It's been going on for a while. Shark you a shark week. fan? <laughs> Sir. Who is it? I don't know. But I mean, we, I can, we've been talking to a bunch of people in here, and like some people are just terrified know. of sharks. Well, One well, girl last night actually said to me, I wish that sharks didn't exist. I wish that they would all die. Let me ask you this, okay? That's what the bull. fuck? That's what a, kind of statement yeah, is that? That's a, that's a, She's like, I won't swim in the ocean because I'm terrified of it. Well, like, first off, the percentages of you getting attacked in the ocean by oh a shark are incredible. Like there's, more, there's more chance of you getting dying with like a coconut on the head. So, <laughs> for sure. Like real talk. <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. No, these for are sure. real stuff. I actually heard that stat a few years I know, ago. It's, it's like so fucked up. Why there's like 700 it. people worldwide or something die every year because of coconut hitting them on the head. 700? It's something like that. I don't know. That's don't uh, don't hold me to that. I it might yeah. be seventy, but it was a, I'm pretty sure it was Could a seven. Seven. Give me seven people. Some worth a seven. No, but like no one dies of shark attacks. They're they're a misunderstood creature. They're very similar to snakes in yeah. that regard. I find that people fear them. They don't need to fear them. Um, there's certain areas that they're going to be more um, more prone to it. Yeah. They get even the prone areas like one fatal attack a year. Yeah. Like, that's like a that's like a whoa like that's a dangerous ocean. Like, yeah. I know they're talking about the place in. I believe it was South Africa or Australia, and I was watching the thing last night, and it was like called Reunion Island, and they've had like five deaths over the last you know five years, like basically one a year, uh-huh. and they went in there trying to figure it's out. It's South what, Africa, right? Is it South Africa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it's South Africa. Could have been Australia. Or no? Oh, is it Australia? Or okay. New Zealand, something like that. I, okay. In those areas, right? But um, but yeah, it was just like you know that that was deemed a very dangerous area because you've had five fatal attacks in five years. Yeah. And if you do the percentages, not that much. But at the same time, you can be like, hey, man, one death a year is too much in, yeah. in, a, in a public open ocean. But, What's your favorite shark? Um, well, obviously, you go, you know, Great White's uh, just a legendary easy answer. I feel like, yeah. I yeah feel it's like an easy answer. But, yeah. but I don't know that much about sharks to be like, well, I like this one because I'm, lot, I'm learning a lot about the bull shark now. Bull shark's pretty cool. But they're, you know, they're the only freshwater shark, which is... Uh, not only. There's, not only. There's, there's, no, there's, there's a few of them. There's a few of them. I there's a few they of them. Were, they're the most predatory. I think they're the only predatory, uh, like, what we would consider, like, a... Because oh, I heard that they... An apex predator. They, they, they need to control a lot of the eco, those freshwater ecosystems because there is no other shark in there. Right. But maybe certain ecosystems I don't are think only there's, prone to I don't bull. think there are... I might be mistaken on this, but I don't think there are any other sharks that are freshwater... Uh, slash saltwater sharks that would be in the same environment as the bull shark. Okay, but there are other. I know there's other sharks that can survive in freshwater or brackish water. Well, talking about people, you know, going crazy on sharks. I was wondering because, like, um, I was talking to you about this earlier. How there was a two orcas yeah. that were going around killing these bull sharks. Yeah. Or no, the great whites. They're killing great, great whites. Yeah. Whites. yeah. 
and it was a, like a big thing for a year and all these great whites were ending up on on land like with big chunks missing and they were you know just killed you know like, yeah. okay man the two orcas are taking doing some damage and these two scientists went out uh, in, into the water and they were kind of studying it and the way he phrased it was like right now there are two orcas murdering sharks and when i heard that i was like that's such a bold term like murdering you know like it's just it's nature it's a murder i don't know like they're eating sharks or killing sharks are they murdering them that it made me think i'm like I wonder was it like slang though or it was like whoa he murdered no that it wasn't shark. Some fucking surfing scientist <laughs> dude like, he murdered that shark no no <laughs> they were he was like, like right now there were five Murders of sharks from the orcas. Premeditated attack. And I was like, I wonder if there's some crazy motherfucker up there that's like, yeah, orcas are murderers. Get rid of them. It's a weird statement. They shouldn't have them out there. We shouldn't have orcas murdering. They should be locked up. I wonder if there's a crazy bastard out there, which there probably is. Some left wing nut. Or right wing. <laughs> right wing. Which ones are the crazies? Right wing? Yeah, we'll go right wing Jesus nut. Um, uh, one of those people that are like, yo, I want participation trophy people. Okay. <laughs> right? I, I think those so, are the different, different uh, They're yeah, pretty close. Anyway. They're spot on. Okay. But, um, yeah, that would probably be like, yeah, orcas should be locked up for killing and murdering <laughs> these sharks. I wonder, do you think there's some people out what there? What the fuck are you talking about? Because the world is so crazy now. <laughs> Do you think there's anyone in this world that would hear that statement and, and go, yeah, orcas are murderers and they should have some repercussions for their actions? No. You don't think there's a single person, a single no. crazy bastard up there? I don't I think, know, man. man, people are fucked. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee, man, there are some I'm crazy... I'm one of them. There are, some, there, are some, there are some animal lovers out there that would flip the switch on that and not understand, like, hey, this is part of their survival. Uh and go, yeah. Circle of life, man. Oh, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Logic is not so logical anymore. Okay? In the ocean, big shit eats smaller shit. Yeah. Right up the chain. That's yeah. it. Except for the whale shark. They're quite gentle and they just eat plankton. But, <laughs> no, it, it, it's... Uh, killer whale, dude, here. on the topic of killer whales, so I, w- I was watching uh, the, the ones that aren't going to be imprisoned anyway over the next 10 years. No, they, uh, so I was watching a, a show about a year ago on killer whales. So killer whales in within their own pod, and I'm not sure how many people are in this pod or family of whales, yeah. but each killer whale pod has its own form of communication through sound. Yeah. So they make, they, they emit these like squeak, squeal, beeps kind of things, and they can understand each other and communicate to one another, but no other pod of killer whales can understand their language. Mm. So they basically have their own language, which is super cool. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, though, they, so they show this video, right? And they're trying to, trying to get the seal, because we're going to eat the seal. And the seal gets out of the water and gets on this floating kind of iceberg thing, right? And it's, but it's a big sheet of ice that's just floating. And so the killer whales, and they show them, and they're communicating to each other. Now, yeah, like all five of these things line up in a row, make a beeline for the fucking seal, and right before they get to the ice sheet, they all just basically flip their tails up and create a wave by pushing their tail, and the wave goes up, smashes the seal off of the sheet of ice into the water, and they grab it on the other side and start eating it. And I thought, like... That that was an amazing thing to see. 
Like, not one... I can understand if one whale... Like, even... It would be a brilliant animal if one did that. Yeah. But all five communicating on the same page and going like, yeah, dude, okay, I get you. I get you. So, yeah, you want to... You wanna, okay, cool. We're going to create well, a way to knock the seal into the water. it's weird that we think it's so weird that these, like, intelligent animals have that sort of communication. But it's like... You know, like they they get they have to they have to survive and they have to obviously like you know be unified to get some some things done like that and it's just it, it is weird to think about it's it. It's like Don't a fucking special ops ocean team is, though, man. man. It's like they all have their role. It's yeah. like some of them you okay, you go around the back, you know, yeah. you go around the other side of the house and just think, like it's crazy. It's scary. It's crazy. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, yeah. but it's good anyway. Shark Week is good. Though. Cool. Shark Week is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what else? What else? Well, we're going to talk about, um, what was it, denigrate? Is <laughs> that the word we're talking about? <laughs> People who chastise one another. Chastise is a good in word. Public? More so spouses and couples I want to talk about. Because okay. I think this is a um, growing issue. <laughs> I don't know if it is at all, actually. <laughs> but it's uh, when you but, but, but when you see it, it's really ugly. It's it's kind of gives, it gives yeah, it gives you that feeling yeah. like damn. So what we're talking about is if like a spouse is you know berating another spouse in public. There's that word you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. whether it's intentional um, or not, or like you're conscious of it, it doesn't look good on the person because first of all, it makes your spouse look weak. Which is and and you kind of feel bad for that spouse, but then it makes you like a total bitch and kind of like unreasonable and or asshole could be the could be the husband too. No, I'm not saying a spouse. Plenty, of course, you have the husband do it, you have the wife do it. Either way, when you see it, and we're talking about just like little like you know Snickers or little like sit up straight or do this or. Like these kind of things don't need to be in a public setting. These like you're things, talking to a child instead of yeah, a man. Like have yeah. communicate yeah. on an adult level. You know, even when you go home, I hope that's not the case because that's like one of the biggest reasons for divorce. Um, so you don't want to ever see that. Like you want to have people just communicate and connect on like a civil level. But yeah, especially in public, it's just it's just awkward for the people around you, uh, and you might not even know you're doing it. But like the looks you give your husband, or, or the looks you give your wife, or the things you say, or how you say it, the tone, like these things, it just doesn't look good on either of you. And like you want to be a support system, you want to look like a couple, and you don't want to fake it or whatever. But of course, you just want to be a better person in general. So if that's not who you are internally, figure out and become that kind of person because it's a fucking horrible quality to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it, it's when you do see it, you're like, God damn. How do you think this is a good idea? Like you the person that you're with, you're you're making them look like like a like shit. Yeah. And like is that does that boost Have you, you up? Uh, no. Like it doesn't. No, it shouldn't. I there's there's I I think there could be all sorts of re- or motivations for yeah. why somebody would do it. Um resentment toward your spouse being one, but mainly but I think it's also a it's it. a control thing, right? Where people kind of yeah. believe that that is their role. Their role is the structure. Their role is the one who needs to keep It's like they're order. mothering in there or they're like exactly. being the father yeah. of the spouse. And always, like, yeah, always, tr- yeah. Have kids, yeah. man. Have you ever been out to dinner with another couple that's fighting? Have you ever been, like, uh, no, you know what I, I mean? I dated girls old enough to go so- out with couple. <laughs> <laughs> so- dinner with a couple? No, but or if you're at, if you're at a, you know, you're out and two people are... Could be boyfriend girl. It doesn't have to be a married couple, but you know what I mean. Like two people are clearly fighting, arguing, and it's almost like you just want to tell people when this happens. Like you and you go into the house, pick a quiet room, beat the fuck out of each other, whatever you gotta do, and and then come back. You know, just have the argument, have the discussion, do what you need to do, and then come back. Because it is the most uncomfortable thing in the world to sit there when you know two people are mad at one another yeah. and to sit there and try and have everybody pretend 
that this isn't yeah. actually remember, part of the social dynamic. And people that you're see it. In. You rolling your oh, eyes, for sure. or you nudging him, or you kind of give him a look. Like people see it and don't think that like your little look Absolutely. isn't being detected by the rest of the room. Dude, as human beings, you ever see we Bill are... Clinton and Hillary Clinton like a lot of like funny memes about that. Like Bill looking at like a, a girl walking by and Hillary's giving the death <laughs> stare, and you're like, you're both just fucked. Like. Bill reaching for his cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even care. He's just like, all right, what is? I'm the president. <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago, sir. Oh, man. But it's, yeah, like, to, to not think that that makes everybody else uncomfortable yeah. is just, like, I don't know. It's a pretty... But they'll look for backup. They'll be like, do you believe him? It's like, eh, I don't know. Like... I don't know what's going on I here. believe that you need to shut up. Yeah. And you need to shut because, up. Because, again, yeah. we all had these instances where like our couple's doing something that maybe is a little bit embarrassing or maybe is a little bit inappropriate yeah and like everyone can relate with that it's like my my girlfriend done that before i'm sure your wife has done it and you've been on the receiving end too or you've done something embarrassing that you're like yeah. you you wouldn't blame her if she was like matt like come on get it together yeah but there's a difference between doing that and saying that in public and then taking you aside and be like matt like this is making me a little uncomfortable you know i think maybe we should like you know, dial it back like that's a, that's a healthy conversation to have i'm not saying just be like Okay, I'm gonna let Matt drink and make an ass out of himself, and I'm not gonna say anything to him all and, night. But long. talking to a drunk person, like if that, I was literally gonna say the one scenario where this is understandable is when one partner is drunk yeah. and making an ass of themselves, and the other one is sober. I could understand how that would be, you know, infuriating. Of I course. think I've probably been the worst half of that equation at times in my life. But uh, hopefully, that's something that you rectified. And it's like, hey, man, I have enough respect for my spouse, my wife. I'm not going to make an ass out of myself and be that character and make her deal with it. Because that's, that's, that's a bad burden to put on your spouse, especially yeah. if you're uncomfortable with it. And it's a bad One time before, so before my wife and I were married, yeah. it was her birthday, and we went down to some club in Toronto. And I fucking hate clubs. I hate them. They're yeah. the worst thing in the world. And uh, so I'm trying to amuse myself all night by just drinking. Right, yeah. and so I drank too much, right? And then at the end of the night, when we're leaving, there's some fight that's in the street. It's like right, I think I think we we're on Adelaide and uh, in Toronto, and and there's this fight that breaks out, and there's a bunch of guys that have like fucking weapons that are hitting each other with shit. There was a guy with a bike chain, man. There was a guy with a bike chain as a weapon, which was just crazy to me. But then there was these like couple guys that were kind of caught in the mix and they had nothing to do with it. And you could tell because one of the guys looked like he'd never been out in his life. He was like this scrawny little white dude with glasses. And so I went over and I started like reaching for him and trying not to get hit. And I I pull him out and just grab. And then as, as we're kind of leaving, there's a, uh, the cops show up, and one of the cops is on horseback. It was crazy. It's like in downtown Toronto, cop Same trucks right? up, and then they get off, and they just start pepper spraying everybody, and just, <laughs> just spraying it in all of our faces. I have nothing to do with this fight, and I just get blasted in the Damn. face of pepper spray. So then you can't see shit, and I sit down on the curb, and I inhaled so much of it. I just started puking, but I started puking in the limo on the way home, and this is my wife's birthday, again, by the way, right? And so I'm I'm getting ready to throw up, and she panics because she doesn't want me to puke in the limo, and hands me her shoe, and I literally grabbed her shoe and threw up in her shoe. What a legend. 
Uh, no, she wasn't happy. No, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for her. The hero of that story. That must have been like a. It, uh, it did not. Off you give, right but it's there. like dress. They're like dressier girl shoes, right? It's not like you're throwing up in a sneaker. It was like shit just went all over the oh, place. Yeah, it's like yeah. the strap you shoes. You, you basically just fucking <laughs> just barfed on her shoe, on her shoe, and then all over the floor anyway. <laughs> and so yeah, and then yeah. she was like super pissed with me after, which I understand. Well. Yeah, but, but that, I'm not saying she yeah. should like she should be, and vice versa. And she wasn't pissed at me in public; she was just pissed at me. The no, next, the next get, day, and again, but, yeah. no one would blame her if she wasn't like being ecstatic in that moment. Like I expect <laughs> you to be pissed in that moment. I'm not looking at her like, like hey, why are you getting mad at Matt? It's just no. Matt, Matt being mad here. I no, didn't. I get that. I didn't think I'd be pepper sprayed that night. No, though. you of know what not. I mean. Like so, yeah, it was more <laughs> circumstance than anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all it, everything goes together. You can yeah. You drinking a lot probably didn't help the situation. No, but you get you went out to a club and that's what it is. But um, yeah, but there's a time and place, right? And it's just um, it's difficult. Yeah. But again, if it comes to a point where you're always having these arguments in public, maybe you just probably shouldn't be together. You know, it, it, the other, the other thing is with kids, though, too. So I have, uh, like, I see it in public all the time where parents nowadays, like, parenting is very different nowadays than it was when, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, for example, like, you, you'll see, and I, I, we witnessed this, my wife and I, a little while ago, where there was this kid just making a, just making a, scene in a fucking restaurant like just being a shit and the mom sitting there and I understand like to a degree I understand why parents feel the need to speak to their kids like this because it's almost socially accept- unacceptable now to like publicly discipline a kid mm-hmm. which boggles my mind yeah. but God forbid the the mother was like okay you know I think the kid's name was Dylan which you're just doomed from the beginning I feel like if your name's Dylan, Dylan yeah they're probably gonna be an ass um, but <laughs> So she's like, Dylan, Dylan, could you, could you please stop that for mommy? Could you stop that for mommy, please, Dylan? And I was like, dude, if that was me, my dad would have grabbed me by the back of my collar on my shirt and just fucking dragged me through a restaurant. Like he didn't give a shit. Like if I was making, that was the one thing that my parents would not tolerate at all. If I broke something, if I fucked up, whatever, they were pretty good with it. But if I made a scene in public... It was lights fucking out. Like, my parents would... It was like, they'd shut that shit down and you weren't seeing daylight for three days. Yeah. That was their biggest thing. Like, do not make a fool out of me in public. Yeah. Do not make me look like I can't handle my own kid in public or you're dead. Yeah. Like, that was... (laughs) That seems like a fair trade, But that was... And that was how it was. And, like, you know... And my dad wasn't, like, an easy disciplinary. Like, he was tough, right? Like, this is a guy who's an ex... And cop and six degree black belt and you didn't yeah, want to. Yeah. That's next cop back in that day. Yeah, means, man, he, back in like, like the seventies and eighties, man. Yeah, no, like take you down with his words and all this shit. Now it was like, hey, I'm gonna give you a slap in the head. Yeah, right? now as if you're drunk, they just throw you in the gutter and smack you around a bit and then leave you. But it was, you know, like it's just so different. It's so different. But I think a lot of people would be on board if like a kid was acting up in a restaurant for like the parent to have like a little bit more of a stern just. You know, disciplinary tactic. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be. I'd be like expecting that. If I heard you talk to your kid, like, "Hey, Dylan, do you mind stopping that?" I'd be like, "What you look in at that, the be world? Like, what the fuck?" But, yeah. but we see a lot of that. Those, those people out there that are advocating like your kid has, should have like freedom of speech and and you should talk to him like he's an adult. But he's not an adult. He's a no, kid, he's a man. kid. He's six, seven years old, five years old. They need direction. They, they need they, to they, some degree to have their, their life mind controlled isn't for developed them. Developed yet? They do, can't make the same 
logical decisions like no. a human adult. You know? So, like, why are we trying to treat them like one? They're a kid. It is what it is. Kids for the most part, and I have fucking three of them. So, yeah. you know, but they make decisions solely out of immediate gratification. For sure. That's it. It's like, will this, crowd, will this make me happy now? Right now. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Done. There's that, like, have you ever seen that test, the marshmallow test that they um, do with kids that, that psychiatrists will do a test or I've psychologists will do a test? About it, so so they, what they do it. is they'll bring a kid into a room, right? Yeah. And they'll put one marshmallow, like a big marshmallow yeah. in front of them. And they'll be like, you can eat that now. Or if you wait five minutes, yeah. you can have two. And then they see what the kid does. Yeah. And the vast majority, the vast majority of kids obviously just eat that marshmallow. marshmallow. Yeah. Right? Where... But there are some kids that'll sit there and be like, okay, no, and they and they have that they can, you know, they can think it through enough like, to hey. go, okay, cool. If I wait five minutes, I can have double the joy, <laughs> double the marshmallow joy. But and and so there's a link apparently, and I don't know all the research on this, but there is a link to basically uh, people kids who wait for that second marshmallow and what roles they basically end up in in life and they're more senior management roles ceos and like it's stuff yeah it's yeah. pretty cool no that is interesting yeah. yeah i just remember as a kid man like i like it, and i think a lot of it comes from like your home upbringing like my parents were really good good parents you know yeah. like they obviously disciplined me when i need to be disciplined but um you know they were still like they gave me my freedom and autonomy but they they treated me like a kid you know like, it is what it is when i was growing up like the way it should be but i never remembered like i always remember like going into you know restaurants being respectful like i wasn't like a little shithead like yeah at school i'd do my thing and i'd be like you know troublemaker and all that kind of stuff but yeah. in public with them like i understood like what it what it meant to be like a good civil human being yes to some extent yeah, you yeah. know and yeah. if i wasn't like i would get you know okay i would want my dad to get pissed i wouldn't want my mom to get pissed like i was like okay shit like is this something i'm actually but i like, like i feared my parents i yeah. love them and they love me yeah. and i never feared physical harm like don't get me no. wrong it's not like i was afraid of my parents yeah. but i feared repercussion for, sure, man. for bad behavior and i don't think kids do to the no. same degree nowadays Right, like, and I think there's, I, I think there's an importance yeah. to that element of your, you know, your relationship with your kid, where you don't want your kid to ever physically fear you. Obviously, you don't lay a hand on your kid. Mm -hmm. You want your kid to come to you and be able to think that they can talk to you about anything without you flipping out. Yeah. But there also needs to be a measure of thought in a child's mind that goes, you know what? If I do this, Dad's gonna freak out, and I'm there has to be a consequence. Yeah, some sort of fear. Right, like, it, yeah. I, I mean, I would never, I would never tell anybody I was abused as a kid, but there were times where consequences were fucking rough, man. You know, where I got smacked a few times, mm -hmm. but I look back on it now and I'm like, you know what? I deserved to be smacked in that, in that yeah. situation, you know, but there were also times where my parents were very, you know, understanding when you might not have thought they would be, but it's like, I, I don't know, man, the way like you have to be able to control your children yeah. in public. And it's, and you just see so many, and again, I understand why parents, especially publicly, feel like they have to behave the way they do, because yeah. I think people worry about other people's reactions For if sure. you do freak out or you try and discipline well, your kid. I, dude, I dragged my kid out of a Rona one time. It was Dolly, my little one, and she's a nut, yeah. right? And so she was just being, she was being a brat, and she just kept on climbing stuff and grabbing stuff, and finally I said, Dolly, if you touch that again, 
we're going to go outside and we're going to have a talk. And she looked right at me and just touched it, right? And I was like, little shit. And so I grabbed her by the back. She had a, it was in the winter. She had a jacket on, right? And she's, she was little at the time. So I just grabbed her by the back of her jacket and I carried her. So she was like, like you know, facing the floor. She was like facing the floor. She's not crying or anything. She's, yeah. uh, she's probably loving it because she's playing airplane. Yeah. And, she's, and I walk her out the door. And this woman just stops and she's like, you shouldn't do that. That's borderline abuse. You could hurt your kid. Yeah. And now I'm faced with this dilemma of do I lay into this fucking woman yeah. or do I treat this calmly, rationally? And it's kind of a combination of both. And I just looked at her and I was like, man, no offense. And with all due respect, but I have three kids. This is the third. I've never hurt one yet. So please mind your fucking business. And then continued to walk outside. Yeah. But I just thought, like... That's reasonable. You know, but that's the type of... Th like, my God, man. Like, yeah. just... Context is everything, too. Yeah. A lot, too. But uh, it goes back to whether it's your spouse or kids. It's having a good sense of, of uh, communication with yeah. one another, right? If, yeah. if, you, if you lack that kind of communication and that structure, it's going to be a shit show. Because no one really knows boundaries. And then all of a sudden it becomes this just, like, free-for-all of emotions. And I'm pissed at you doing this. And this is what I expect from you. But I didn't know you expected it from me. And it's like, well, if you have this kind of conversation prior to going out, yep. it should rectify and eliminate a lot of that... Um, that yeah, behavior. Absolutely. Right? And you know what? And I can say this. Like, my youngest one is only three and a half, and she's still at that age where sometimes she will just, do, even though she knows you don't want her to do it, she'll just make a decision sure. to do it. But then we'll discipline her accordingly. But my older two, man, like, they're, you know, I've, I've never struck any of my kids ever. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I don't even, I think I could count on one hand the amount of times I've actually yelled at my kids. I don't yell. Um, but... If I look at my kids, if we're out in public somewhere or yeah. we're at a friend's house, if I look at one of my kids and I say, like, knock it off now, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It stops. Hey, they, know, they, know, they know the deal. And they will look and they'll, you know, you can see them kind of put their head down a bit and like, okay, cool. And then they go and they continue on doing what they're doing, mm -hmm. but with a different behavior. And to me, I see other parents, like even friends of ours who, like, they'll be like, hey, can you stop doing that? Can you, please, can you, we need to, you need to put your shoe, oh my God, can you please stop? And I'm like, oh my God, can I fucking do this for you, please? Yeah, like, get out of here, you know, like, it's just insane. I can't do you say get out of here, the parents would run. Ah. They'd be like, whoa, okay, Matt, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're like, you like, fucking idiots, I'm talking holy, to the kids, man. But like, oh my God, but get, like, get some control. But that's just having pride in who you are, too, at the same time. It's like, man, like, I'm the adult, I'm the parent, like, Shit's got to get done here. I'm not here to fucking negotiate deals every time. Like, <laughs> this isn't a hostage scenario. Like, fuck off, man. My kid's acting up. Like, they're getting out of there, man. And I feel, like, I feel like in a small way, being a parent is just a permanent hostage scenario. Fuck, <laughs> man. Like, it sounds like it. But, and I see it with, with kids in sports, man. Like, I'll get, um, again, I'm never going to get super physical with a kid teaching them sports. But if, if they're acting out, there has to be... Like, a borderline, like, hey, man, like, you fucking do this again, man. Like, there's going to be some sort of, like, serious consequence. Not from a physical, but, like, this shit is not going to be dealt with uh, in this situation anymore like this. Like, we're getting you out of the fucking area. This is unacceptable. And I want the rest of the group to know that as well. Like, there has to be a standard set for that. Yeah. If there's not, you, you're asking for a whole bunch of different personalities to run wild. And, like, that's, that's no way to get anything done. Right? No. No. Okay, we got to move on, though. Sorry. We had some good good conversation topic, but we got like oh, yeah. four minutes or five minutes. What are we talking about now? Uh, we talk about structuring 
a proper workout depending on your goals. But this has to be a fascinating. We got to get into Q and A. We got some fans asking questions that we need to get to today. Question number one. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that is it. Didn't get one. No, the structure workouts for, uh, for your exact goal. Yeah, because we've had a lot of comment. We had a lot of people asking here. questions about that. Yeah, yeah whether and, it's strength, losing weight, um, yeah. performance based. And a lot of people, we both coach, obviously, at F45 Ancaster, but we have, a, we have a lot of people that come in, and they, they might do a workout or two a week on their own. And yep. I get that question a lot. Like, how do I structure my workout appropriately, right? The bottom line is there is no workout that works for everybody, right? You, you have to structure around, A, what your goals are, and B, what your physical demands are every day, mm-hmm. right? So train for your life. If you are an athlete, for example, you have to train very athletically. You have to look at the scope of what you do, yeah. and you have to make decisions when building a workout program based on, this is what I need to do in my, in my physical life, or my job, or my sport, so I'm going to try and replicate that. I'm going to try and emulate it in the gym in a controlled environment, yeah. right? And so what I always try to do when I'm privately training athletes is I try – that's that's what I think any good strength and conditioning coach looks at. You have to put yourself into the physical mind of an athlete, right, the body of an athlete, and say, like, what demands are going to be required of this person during their performance, mm-hmm. right? And so – you then structure the workout accordingly in hopes that you can create a training protocol that exceeds the demand of what they are going to experience in their sport. So in a controlled environment, so that when they're in their performance environment, they've already experienced whatever demands or discomfort are going to be set upon them. Yeah. Like, for example, you're talking about, like, your hockey player, right? Like, right. Again, you have, like, 60-second shifts, 45 seconds, something yeah. in that realm. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to do, like, a whole hour cardio session all the time. No. Right? No. Years ago, I there was a there's a gym. I don't know if it's still there, but there's a gym in, in Oakville. Uh, it, sorry, it's in the hockey rank, the Oakville Ice Sports or whatever. Uh-huh. Right? And they trained a lot of hockey players there. And I was there one day. And was watching them, and this guy was running. So this guy had all his hockey players running to Lakeshore and back, which was about 7K, I would say, right? And I remember at the time thinking, like, what in the fuck are you ever having a hockey player run 7K for? There is no way in any scenario that you could possibly convince me that that is beneficial for a hockey player. Yeah. Especially right. the studies on how you can have the same amount of aerobic effect from doing like high intensity interval training. Absolutely, right? Like people are like, but, but yeah, we. There want is to, never it, a moment in a hockey player's career yeah. where he's working for more than two minutes, yeah. and that would be so odd, so yeah, yeah. rare at a competitive competitive level. Maybe when you're a fucking minor hockey player and that your coach puts you on, you just yeah. hog the ice and just stay on there, right? But at a competitive level, you are never on the ice for two minutes straight. So why the fuck would you have? your hockey player run for you know 35 40 minutes straight Mm -hmm. like if you want to make your power endurance athletes bad have them do steady state cardio yeah right it's a terrible idea right like you have to place them under the same demands that they are going to experience in their performance environment now having said that if you are a member of the general public who is not an athlete but trains athletically you have to look at what your goals are and structure your workout accordingly. You talk to people who are intelligent, yeah. you know, who are well-read, who are experts in their field. You get good advice. You read. Find some stuff on the internet. But don't just pick something 
and do a workout because it's easy or it's there or for God's sakes, don't just don't just start picking exercises out of thin air. No. Because what ultimately happens if you don't have some type of developmental regimen to your pro, to your training program, what ultimately happens is you go into the gym and people revert to human nature, which is I want to do what I'm good at. Yeah. I want to do what I'm comfortable with. Right. So ultimately, you end up going into the gym and you probably pick variations or the five exercises that you like most and you do them again. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not fucking doing you any good. How many guys do you see in gyms like you could go into good life across the street right now? Yep. Right. And I guarantee you, you will find 10 guys in the free weight section who are doing nothing but dumbbell presses, fucking pec deck, chest flies, bicep curls or tricep extensions. Now, if your goal, that's what they do. We'll throw a lateral raise in there, yeah. too. Now, yeah. now, if your goal is that you're going down a bodybuilding trend and you're looking to kind of like add a little bit more muscle mass and from those particular stages, like that might be the right workout for you and the right exercises for you, depending on what your goal is, because I'm not going to say those things right. are unnecessary to do. But there's how many people are actually training to bodybuild or training? But like A lot of people are going for aesthetic purposes. I'm not saying aesthetic. I'm saying bodybuilding sure, in sure. particular, because because your aesthetic development can be accomplished with if you only have an hour three times a week yeah. going into a workout with the bodybuilding mentality where I'm going to work chest and tries today I'm going to superset or drop set everything like it's fucking ludicrous yeah, man you want to be ludicrous. you want to be efficient now let's transfer over into say someone who's doing a functional worker like here at F45 that we do and we coach some people will come in here and we're doing a resistance based workout but they want to have more strength in their routine. Like, I want to get stronger. I want to be able to do pull-ups and chin-ups. I just want to feel stronger. And we'll advocate that. Like, even though whatever it says on the screen to do, the again, you want to make sure you're structuring your actual goal to what you're what you're doing. So there's exercises that might say, okay, you have 35 seconds of work, and most people are going to get in maybe 12 repetitions. If your goal is for strength, hypothetically, okay, you want to pick a heavier um, set of dumbbells. You want to pick a heavier weight. You want to have more of that muscle contraction and muscle fiber recruitment, right? So knowing what your goal is, and this is why if you do have coaches in those areas, don't just take the the workout you know, as is, ask, okay, well, my goal is to get a little bit stronger. What's the best approach in this given environment and with this given exercise? How can I get stronger in these movements? And then they can help guide you, right? Because again, sometimes whatever the screen says or whatever the workout is um, at the, at the uh, I guess, gym, it might not line up with your specific goals, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, that's going to give you a broad um, range. It's going to help you out. But if your goal is to really, hey, man, I want to get... Uh, I want to have more lean muscle mass or I want to get stronger. Okay, there's a better approach to attack those exercises. My my best advice on program design for people who have no experience with program design <clears throat> would be this. So you go through your warm-up. You go mm -hmm. through whatever you need to do to prep for the workout. Then at the very beginning of the workout, you throw in some dynamic body weight stuff if you're going to do it that day. So plyometric activity, mm -hmm. very you know dynamic movement-based stuff. Uh, it doesn't even have to be impactful, no. right? But it might be something that you're working on. Like if you're trying to – if one of your goals is to do, I don't know, fucking somersault or a cartwheel or a higher box jump or you're going to do your, your quick foot drills, ladder drills, anything like that. I usually do them with my athletes at the beginning of the workout because typically those things have a higher degree of difficulty or a higher risk of injury than some of the stuff that you're going to do deeper in the workout. So if there's anything that has a higher degree of difficulty or risk to it, you push that exercise to the front of your workout because you're doing it when you're the most focused.
focused and the least tired, right? Then what I will do is I will pick two what I call primary exercises. So those are your big staple lifts, right? And I know that I'm an Olympic lifter at heart, right? But still, that's, that's the way I would recommend that anybody train. Mm -hmm. So the ones who require the most output so stuff like bench pressing back squatting front squatting deadlifting things like that don't know those are compound movements right that are going to be you know grasping at different areas of the body they're the pillars of strength development people are wondering might be wondering why pick that kind of movement because they are and they are the pillars of structural strength right like if you are in the gym every day or you're going to the gym four or five days a week and you are not bench pressing overhead pressing back squatting and deadlifting I'm telling you straight up, you are fucking wasting your time. You are wasting your time. Mm -hmm. So take those primary lifts, preferably barbell loaded, do them. You can superset that with something secondary if it's a very minor movement. Mm -hmm. And then after those one or two primary lifts are done, everything else that I do in a, in a program essentially is designed around the development of either the athlete in his domain or those primary movement patterns. So for example, say we have a bench press and a deadlift that day as our two primary movements. Once we're finished those, the secondary portion of the program design will directly reflect what we've done in the primary. So I, that's when I will have things like uh, we'll have things like dumbbell flies, loaded push-ups. Might even throw in some cable pec work that day mm-hmm. because it's assisting in the development of the bench press, which was our primary exercise. Yeah. Right. Then you do things like hamstring curls, Those bridge work, like an stuff like that. Right. That could just you know target developmental, a secondary, accessory. Yeah. There's all sorts of names for it, yeah. but essentially. It is assisting in the development of the primary. Yeah. So then you would do the same thing with the deadlift, right? You might even do some isolation work on the hamstrings or something like that mm-hmm. that day, right? And then at the end of it, if that's when you want to throw in like a, a quick ab routine or something like that, or you want to do some isometric work, that's where I, I throw that in. Yeah. But that, that is my best advice on how to structure a workout. So to recap real quick, dynamic stuff, stuff with higher risk at the very beginning of the workout, primary exercises next. So take two big lifts, the ones, and I call them primary because they're the ones that you are going to focus on. They are the ones, typically the big ones that you are constantly trying to improve on. Mm-hmm. Everybody cares about how much they bench press, shoulder press, back squat, and deadlift, right? Yeah. No one gives a shit really about bragging about how much you hamstring curled that yeah. day. Right. So then after you're done the primary lifts, that's when you you basically go into the department of secondary exercises. But you're selecting those because they're appropriate for the development of the primary. And that's your workout. Yeah. And if you do that, you're focused. You have a direction. Mm -hmm. You have a goal, which is the development of those two major lifts. And you will progress properly. And it's fairly easy to put a program like that together. Absolutely. It it eliminates a lot of the guesswork. Because now we're looking at, okay, dynamic. We pick a a couple primaries, right? We know what to do. We have a selection of maybe four or five, six primaries. Then you can just say, what do I want to focus on? What what things I really want to isolate and and have like my accessory movement, right? It is like you want to be more hamstring based. You want to have more back or a little bit more chest development now we can add those things in and then take advantage of the goal is to leave the gym feeling better than you did and you don't want to have tomorrow waking up and feel like shit right take advantage of the warm-up too like get loose get long in your movement when you're doing you're being dynamic right like you want to leave feeling better and more able to do the same thing in two days or the next day right you don't want to leave feeling tight 
intense and like this is going to be hard to do for the rest of my life right so take advantage of the warm when you are doing it um the lengthening of the muscle and just making sure everything is really getting super activated right like it okay and then we'll jump into the question of the day here what uh, was the what was the question from again? benjamin underscore hasco buddy cool. am i buddy you know him too actually. uh benny hasco benny hasco oh, I love benny. so he 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 asked us let's talk a little which quick one's overview. Ben <laughs> you're saying i know i know him? yeah yeah he did the uh, interview with us Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. Very, very nice. Human, yeah, yeah. Good buddy of mine. Yeah. And he asked us to go over the topic of guys <laughs> getting into fights and saying, I'm going to turn my crazy on. Like, you don't want to fuck with me because when I get crazy, man, I get crazy and I get tough. And I think there's a slight misunderstanding when people think they can turn their crazy on and all of a sudden become tough. It just doesn't happen, right? You, you Maybe you're tougher than you are in that moment because you have more adrenaline pumping and you're more willing to take risks and chances but let's get something right here okay you going crazy and saying my crazy man i get fucking nuts i get crazy we're just talking about pretend tough guys well people that literally think that like you don't want to fuck me man because when i get crazy you don't you don't even realize me i can't control it i can't control what i'll do to somebody and you're like ben you've never had any sort of combat you know conflict in your life and all of a sudden you think you're gonna go so crazy that you can't control and you're gonna become this like fifth degree black belt jiu-jitsu master it's not gonna happen man it's just the way of the world is hey man you're still you and yeah you went a little crazy and that crazy is probably gonna fuck you up because it's gonna make you super emotional it's gonna make you super impulsive it's gonna make you lose all control and focus and alertness of what you actually want to accomplish by winning a fight and it's just going to get you fucked up and hurt, probably. And it's going to make you look like a crazy person. So you're not tough. You go crazy. You're just a crazy person now. I'll end it with this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as somebody, and I'm sure you have as well, but as somebody who has been in quite a number of fights athletically mm-hmm. and otherwise. Um, the controlled man wins, typically. Dude, if, whenever I squared off with somebody, it, particularly in a hockey environment, the ones that talk the most, I knew I was going to knock the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I can say that honestly. If I draw my gloves with somebody and they shit talk me, I was like, I'm going to knock your fucking head in. And I knew it. And the, the fear immediately, any type of apprehension or fear about the upcoming fight, and you don't have much time because it's happening. Any type of apprehension just gets evaporated. When somebody would look at me and they'd be like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking like, you're not. I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, because I knew that the only reason they're talking is because they're afraid. Yeah, they're trying to overcome their own self doubt and fear by shit talking you. The ones that were the scariest to fight were the guys that would just drop their gloves and just had a deadpan blank expression when they were looking you at. Probably you. have some experience in those kind. If of you situations. look up and you're about to square off with a guy who doesn't really look that excited, you're in for it. Like, you're in fucking trouble. Because that guy's not nervous. He's not scared. He's done this before, right? And those are the ones that you have to worry about fighting. Guys who have big mouths. (laughs) I just love how many people have heard say say the crazy thing. Nothing. Like, you don't understand how crazy I'll get. Yeah. Okay, man. You're insane. Yeah. All right. Cool. There you go, Ben. Anyone else wants a fan question and they want us to talk about it on this podcast for uh, the two athletes in a mic and if podcast. you don't i'm just gonna start creating instagram <laughs> accounts and i'm gonna send in questions that i want to answer we will fake it until we make it all right guys check us out two athletes in a mic spotify all around youtube we're out